you guys know like uh rpgs right like video game rpgs mm -hmm. yeah so mm -hmm. um what what do you think is the best uh mini game within a video game rpg that you've ever played wow that's such a wide open question yeah um and you've might maybe played more video game or rpgs than me i mean probably but like maybe maybe not that's not particularly my genre yeah um because I feel like there's all these like really simple, really old school like board games built into these video games all the time. Yeah, I mean, when, you know? when you're talking RPG, do you mean like the like Le like Legend of Zelda with The Witcher Three, that kind of thing? Although I don't, I don't know, I've never played a Grand Theft Auto game. Is that would that count as an RPG? Uh, like I don't even know. That's like what the heck does? I'm not a video game connoisseur, but. I imagine GTA is more of like an action, like, I don't even know what the genre would be, but some sort of action style game where you're just like... Yeah, it's more like action-adventure, something action like adventure, that. Action-adventure, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, don't know, I guess an action RPG kind of is that too, but... Yeah, you're getting into kind of, uh, you're, you're blurring lines. There, there's some games that, that are probably going to hit, it's like, lots of, lots of these things. Yeah. Like, what the last what was the last RPG I played? You need to get JC on here. That dude, that dude <laughs> eats RPGs. Ooh, um, I'm not numb. Persona Five was my last one. This JRPG. Persona Five. I think I, I recognize the sound of that. Yeah. Uh, does it have a Does it have a, a mini game inside it? There's many. There's all sorts of. There's all Ooh. sorts of things. This but art I, looks familiar. Yeah, I haven't ever played it, but this art looks familiar. So I don't know if there's any great mini games in there. Or like something like the Yakuza series has like a bajillion mini games. Like you oh, can snap. you can go to you're in Japan, game set in Japan, you can just go to uh go to the, the gambling areas and just like yeah. gamble, basically. That's, that's or, sweet. or just like play the like pachinko machines and such. Yeah. I really wish I seriously wish, and I don't know if this exists yet or not, or if it does, like what it would be, but I sometimes wish that like in an RPG setting like that, there was a mode where you could just like take your save file and just like attach that save file to the mini game and just like play the mini game as if it was the video game. Cause sometimes I'm like, like, so I'd like the Witcher uh, three is probably my favorite example of a mini game um, within the game itself. And that game is also really good, obviously, but yeah. Uh, like Gwent, the Witcher 3 version of Gwent is I like that mini game so much that I want to like play that outside of that game. And then they made it, didn't they? Like, can't you play that outside of uh isn't it its own game now? Holy shit, is it? I think You're so. About, yeah. You just made my day if it is. I think it's a standalone now. And like like not even oh. now, like years ago, like they it was so popular. Is it like you can buy cards for it, like Magic the Gathering, or is it like digital still? I have absolutely no idea. I didn't. I'm gonna look I, into it because that's I've good never news, played The Witcher so. Three. I, I know of Gwent. Gwent's like the most complicated one, so I never touched it. Right. Um, I, I tried a digital version of it um, once when I was looking into it, and it was a different thing. It wasn't the like Witcher's version. It was like they kind of remade it for the purposes of like a digital app, like on your phone. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's. That. Yeah, it might be that, or if there's a version that is The Witcher version then uh that's my favorite but i can say most recently i was playing assassin's creed black flag which you guys know yeah and in that game which i was not expecting um, it's just so funny because like you know you're a pirate and you're raiding treasure and like murdering people and you know 
blocking like getting onto ships and stuff and then like mm-hmm. you can go and just gamble like you know 50 coin at like a checkers game and it's just such a silly like i guess i don't know if it's purposefully there like sit down and play checkers. like i just don't understand i guess like why you would have something like checkers in a in a game like assassin's creed like gwent and witcher like i feel like gwent enhances the witcher but like checkers i don't think checkers does much for assassin's creed that just made it it made me laugh because i was like oh man the last time i played checkers I wonder when that was yeah that's, oh shit it was in that assassin's creed game <laughs> yeah that's probably the purpose like why is this even in here but it's funny right. that you can do it and then you that's exactly might be exactly what they're going for like when was the last time i played checkers how do you even play checkers am i doing it right well that was kind right. of fun let's get back to the game it was like a nice little tension break yeah, it's like, oh, shit, I'm not going to uh, kill this guy. I'm just going to, like, play a quick game of checkers. I'll probably lose. And then, like, all right, screw that. I'm ready to go again. <laughs> like, the, there Seems is, like, like... just doing it for the memes. Yeah, it's just what it felt like, honestly. Um, I'm thinking back, now that you mentioned that, uh, System Shock 2, game from 22 years ago, 23 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you're playing as a, uh, a guy who wakes up on a spaceship trying to figure out what happened. Uh, oh, nice. And you walk like around and... Yeah, sounds like Nemesis. Nemesis before <laughs> Nemesis. I know, right? Um, it's like a solo action adventure, first person shooter kind of RPG kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have an inventory and things, and you pick up upgrades. And one of the things you randomly find is like a Game Boy. And the Game Boy has a bunch of mini games built oh. into it that you can just play in the window in the game. Off oh. the top of my head, I remember there's like Minesweeper on there. What? And like Snake and a few other random ones. That's and amazing. I'm like, wow, this is just like, um, this is the first experience, however old I was 22 years ago, of playing a game within a game that's actually also a game. It's yeah, a very like it's... strange experience. I'm like, okay, that was cool. So my character is actually gaming. Like, I'm gaming. <laughs> like right me. Now. Yeah, it's so yeah, weird to, it's so to weird. wrap your mind around. Yeah, it makes me wonder what the designers were thinking. Like, let me put a little nugget game inside of our game. I guess they just maybe the developers are like, I like this game, so I'm just going to put this game inside this game I'm making for fun. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> that stuff's not that hard to program. <laughs> you could probably copy paste it from GitHub somewhere and just, just slap and just it go. in a little dinghy and you're good to go. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, G- now I'm thinking about it, GT has a ton of those. Like, the whole game is just mini games uh, oh man mitch did you have one that you thought of that was a uh, especially honestly i could talk to you about first person shooters for a while i am not much of a role-playing game person. Uh, and first person shooters <laughs> but, is there any mini you know what actually doom has uh like old versions of doom and also like other it has like that punching it's like basically like an mma no, that's not the right word uh or right because that's a different type of game it's basically like a um, Mortal Kombat equivalent version of itself inside the game with like old Doom 64 graphics and stuff. Speaking of shooters, anyway. Yeah, what game is that? Like, you're talking about no, like which which version? There's lots of Doom Doom games. Oh yeah, Doom Doom 2016 is the last one I remember having that. You could like oh. find this little arcade cabinet in oh, one of shit. the yeah, Mars I things do remember and play that like kind of. Doom the Punch. It's like you were punching chickens or something. And it didn't make any sense, but it's like a little arcade version of Doom. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're, what we're settling on is is when you find games within games or you find mini games, it's all just for a laugh, sounds like. Yeah. You find yeah, it, it and you're like, like it. that's really funny. And you play it for a second, like, all right, I got the fix. 
Let's go back to the actual game now. And I'm wondering if that's how we should feel about checkers. Like, this game is just for a laugh. Ah. <laughs> Excellent segue. <laughs> gosh we're back welcome everyone this is getting gamey uh, i'm mark your host i'm joined by two very special guests today both have been on the show before you know their names you heard them already we got decoy and mitch howdy how you doing hey guys hey and we're talking about a good one today well we're talking about one today um we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll hold our applause till the end and see how we feel um we're playing checkers uh which is probably the oldest game that i know um if i have to if i'm being honest with you guys i think and we can jump right into it um i think checkers was the first game i ever learned how to play as a kid Uh, probably ever in my life yeah and that maybe speaks to its simplicity um because you know you can teach little toddler baby boys how to move a piece on a the color-coded squares along the board relatively easily i think (laughs) yeah absolutely that's that's a question I don't think I would be able to answer for myself. I have no idea what the first game I ever played was. Yeah, I was trying to think back, and I was like, what is my earliest memories of board gaming with my parents, with my grandmother, um, with my brother, etc.? And I feel like I was like three years old or something, and I remember a checkers board, because that's probably the easiest thing to tell, because it's just like, move this from one square to the other, you know? And it's like, you know, a kid can do that pretty easily. I'm sure I didn't win, but I don't, yeah, I don't really remember if I won or not. But uh, yeah, it's, you know. It's as simple as it gets. Yeah, it feels definitely. like one of the games that your grandparents had on their table and when you went over and visited them and that's what they showed you how to play when you first started. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Checkers is, uh, let's get right into some history real quick. Checkers is um, probably also one of the oldest games like in the world too. Um, I was doing some research prior to this just to kind of see, you know, what we were looking at here. And um, checkers uh, and chess kind of uh, go back and forth a little bit in terms of which game is like the oldest or like understood as the oldest game that exists in like human race. Um, This one uh, reaches back pretty far. Like um, it's in the same conversation of things like old Mesopotamia, ancient Egypt, um, old shit. So it's like, you know, you think of old shit sometimes and you're like, oh, it's like 1700s or 1600s. That seems pretty old. This is like Two, three thousand BC kind of old shit. Um, so this game is simple enough for like the first people it feels like to play. Uh, and my, I guess my first question for you guys is: Do we think it's aged well? <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. I'd honestly, I I would think that checkers uh, almost doesn't even fit in the modern board gaming category. Like it's it, almost it weird is. to have a conversation about it within the other confines. Yeah, I think you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know, it just feels, it's very one-dimensional. Like, I mean, you're doing, you're going one or two ways, and I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a board game to me. Yeah, I wonder what it is. I was thinking that too, and we, Decoy and, and I talked last week about uh, toys versus games. We had like a little combo about what kind of, what that meant uh, and you know sometimes a toy seems like it's a board game sometimes a board game seems like it might be a toy whatever um and this one doesn't seem like a toy but it also i feel like covers that 
like I feel like it's under the umbrella of toy more than it is under game now, like 2022 looking at it, um, at least for me anyway. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear you guys say that because I would definitely call this a game. It, it's Ooh. in my mind as a board game. Yeah. I don't know what else I would describe it as. It's got a board. It's got pieces. You move the pieces. <laughs> Sounds like right. a board game to me. Yeah, touche. So I all, I do agree that it is, you know, among the most basic of basic types of this game. Um, but those types of games also have a purpose. So right. it's very difficult to teach someone to play a game that's higher up on the difficulty spectrum without first introducing them to a game that's simpler. Mm -hmm. And this is probably that game. Like, mm -hmm. did you guys learn chess or checkers first? Indeed. Yep. I learned checkers first, uh, yeah. for sure. I know that. So yeah. it fits, uh, it has the same type of board, same type of pieces. The pieces don't have value except for uh, when you, when you, what is it even called? Uh, Crown? It called crowning? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a weird phrase. Piece. I've always yeah. found it weird saying crowning. Like, I was hey gonna, guys, I'm going to crown. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's not called kinging. That's not the right yeah. word. No, uh, yeah. So yeah, when you when you have a double checker, that's mm -hmm. that's the only difference in the pieces. Um, and then you get to chess, which is like way, way, way more complicated. Oh yeah, that ups the ante. But you got to kind of learn the simpler ver version of the game if you want to think about it like that. Uh, than the more complicated game first. So I think the game is still pretty useful for what it is. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get what you're saying. It, it is a game, but does it fit with what is kind of like the modern board game era, like comparable to other games that, you know, you're going to go to Target and buy or something? Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I'm not... I guess, yeah, like the, the genre, and I guess over the 5,000 years this game has existed like the genre of what a board game is and what it can do and what it means uh, definitely is not the same as it was, you know, back then for sure. Um, or even yeah, the so same like, as it was 20 years ago. Right. Where, where <laughs> right now I've, I've actually gotten in the habit of when I go to target once in a blue moon, I go to look at the game section, see what they're selling yep, at target. I do too. I do the exact same thing. I'm just I'm yeah. curious what even exists now. Yep. So mm -hmm. I feel like 20 years ago when you did that, they had all of these games. They had checkers and chess and Monopoly mm -hmm. and maybe like a life or a Batgammon mm -hmm. or a Trivial Pursuit, as we've covered before, mm -hmm. um, a domino set, a dartboard, things right. like that. Right. And now you get Betrayal. Uh, and now you get, what did I see there that, that shocked me? Uh, Disney Villainous is the one that yeah, I Villainous, see a lot. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Wingspan. I've seen Wingspan, Wingspan is there. there for, for yep. uh, some of these newer modern games, right? Yeah. Spirit so, Island is coming out with a Target exclusive as well. Speak. So you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you I go. heard you all talking about that. Like, that blows my mind. That's like, amazing. That's, that's not something that exists for me in a, in kind of like a, how I think about Target. Yeah, yeah it's definitely... Like, I mean, I'm just getting old. Like, Target has to have stuff like that. <laughs> I know, right? Target, what have you done to us? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this is um, this is an interesting one. And this is I'm glad that we're doing this one kind of like middle of season one here, or like the early, early quarter of season one, because it's definitely interesting, um, like Decoy said earlier, in that a lot of people probably have a game that they learned when they were very young, uh, and it's probably something similar to this. It might not be checkers, but 
um, like you were saying, decoy, this game has kind of its, its, its place. I was pondering, as you were saying that I was pondering, like, what if we came across like a, another intelligent life form in some like alternate universe or like, you know, alien to us or something like that. Um, and we wanted to show them board games of the human race of earth of this dimension, right. Or something like that. And I was like, all right, well, how would we even sh- like explain what that is? Let's say we had three games that we were going to play and we were going to like, you know, start somewhere and then advance to a more complicated thing and then advance to a more complicated thing. And then that would be it. So they understand what that term means. And I was like, yeah, I feel like checkers would be the one I'd want to start with. That's pretty interesting. Cause it Why shows it checkers. Exactly. I don't know, but I was like, man, like it, it, I think part of it, like it shows you pieces and movement. It shows you a board and how a board can be laid out. It has a little bit of, of area movement and control built into it. It has the, a capture mechanic, and we can work into the mechanics here in a minute, but like you, you can capture enemy pieces, so it starts to get at like the interaction between two players uh, in a unique way, as opposed to like conversing with them or eating food with them or whatever. Um, yet it's simple enough for like a three-year-old to learn uh, pretty decently. Uh, the rule set is very simple. It's quick. You know what I mean? Like it has a lot of things that kind of are simple enough, I think, to almost teach like anyone anything you know what i mean like yeah 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 so so i'm trying to think about what what game that is on that level does all of those things right yeah i have to think about that for a second because that's a pretty that's like does does it do everything it needs to yeah exactly i don't like what that came to mind when you said that i was like man you know what actually like this might be like the perfect starting board game to a what is a board game yeah, maybe, assuming, it might, maybe. Assuming the this this extraterrestrial life is you know pretty intelligent, you might have to start off with something very very simple. Uh, right. But if we're meeting them, then you know probably pretty intelligent. Yeah, I mean, if we have like if we have the ability to like interact in a way that we can sit down and play a board game peacefully. <laughs> yeah. So that so you sh- you show them checkers, and then they're like they're really into it, and then for game number two, you pull out Catan, and it's <laughs> yeah, <you> like <laughs> galactic war. <laughs> classic Catan Starfares. yeah there you go yep. yeah and I'm not, now i kind of want to figure out what my three would be but that's a, a chat for another time maybe um but so let's talk about like what this game is it's really brief it's really easy the listeners you probably know it you probably played it uh, in another video game or with your grandparents when you were young um it's an eight by eight grid at least the game that i the version i had there's tons of different versions and different sizes um, the one that I'm most familiar with is an eight by eight just grid of uh, two different colors of squares, like a uh, Excel spreadsheet almost. And there's 12 uh, pieces per side and they're on the same color. So in an eight by eight grid across, you've got four, let's say it's like black and white uh, squares. You've got four on black, uh, three rows deep uh, towards the bottom for both players. And um, basically all you're doing is just moving your pieces along colors you can't jump to other colors right so you move diagonally and uh you do your best to eliminate the other player so you capture their pieces and that's the bit i was explaining with um the capturing right and this is something uh pretty unique to this one uh as like the first kind of version of this that we've talked about where like something that you do seems to actively take something away from the other person and the goal is for both people to ultimately outlast the other and make it to you know the last one to get zero people left or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, um, you move forward. You can't move through other players, right? So there's like gridlock. 
that can happen, stuff like that. Um, stalemates oftentimes happen in that way, which I always found funny. Um, and uh, yeah, you jump over a person. If there's a space behind them, you can land on to take and capture that piece. And then if you make all the way to the other side of the board, you get the crown, like Deco was mentioning. And then you can move backwards back into the board. And uh, I mean, it's pretty much it. It's as simple as it gets. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you guys think in terms of complexity for this one? We always like, I always like talking about board game weight. Um, if you had to guess, um, let me give you really quick a refresher of the weights of our other games that we've covered so far on the show. So Monopoly was a 1.6, Kerplunk a 1.04, 4, uh, Catan 2.31, Risk 2.07, Trivial Pursuit a 1.64, and guess who a 1.1. So what do you guys think in terms of those games and what they're weighted as, what this would be potentially? I'm so curious. <laughs> I'm going to go with 1.4. Oh, why? Just wow. to give you a, a, so it's right below Monopoly, and it's basically in between Monopoly and Guess Who in terms of yes, the games we've covered. But yeah. closer to Monopoly than Guess Who. Right. So my reasoning for this is when I was looking looking through and refamiliarizing myself with checkers, mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of possible board states for checkers and this is something that kind of goes beyond the scope of what we're talking about but right. uh games like this and maybe we can talk about next uh games without hidden information so yeah yeah that was next up yep <laughs> yeah so we can talk about all that but in in the context of that there's actually very 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 many potential board positions you can play this this is not a, a game where you play it for a few times and you get the exact same result every time. Right. Each decision that you make uh, influences the board in a way that will uh, send it off down a uh, down. Um, like a chain reaction almost. Yeah. A chain reaction. Yeah. What is the phrase I'm looking for? It's a decision tree. It'll send you down a decision tree yep. in one direction. That's completely like game theory, different. right? Yeah. yeah. Like mm -hmm. completely different than in the next game you play or the previous game you play. And mm -hmm. in that sense, that's actually pretty complicated. Yes. Um, it, 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 when you play something like Guess Who, uh, you got your characters, you're, you're three by eight, and that's right. kind of it. Like, right. you, you flip them down. <laughs> yes, the decision tree is pretty big, but no, it's not actually that big. Once you kind of get what's going on, it seems pretty simple. Mm -hmm. The farther you get into checkers, I think the harder it gets. It looks pretty simple, and I think it might be one of these types of games that's very easy to play, but kind of difficult to play really well if you're trying mm -hmm. to play it competitively. So yeah, a competitive checkers game. I don't know. There's tournaments. I mean, this is if you look yes. at like just checkers history and stuff. Like there's tournaments, and it's. I mean, it's one of the more like human race type game. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I haven't ever watched a checkers tournament, but I imagine those games are <laughs> yes. wild. So, so I think I think yes, checkers is a simple game but it is also more complicated than people think it is. So mm. if you really wanted to dive into it, you could. But even still, it's not that complicated. I don't think it quite reaches Monopoly. Maybe. I'd have to think gotcha. about what, what was Monopoly? So, yeah, so Monopoly is a 1.6. Uh, and then guess who a 1.1? And Deco oh, was putting it right between those two at a 1.4. I don't remember what I said about Monopoly when we talked to Risk, but I would think, I'm surprised Monopoly is only 1.6. Yeah, well, so I guess uh, it is pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah, risk is a two point zero seven <laughs> to remind you. Um, that's the one that we were on before. Um, I have no idea. Deco makes a pretty good point. I would think it's almost closer to like 
a two just because there is that strategic depth and analyzing all, all those different board states. And actually, I, I think it was um, the newest season of Stranger Things where they have a battle, a checkers battle, and it's like the stakes are basically like death. Right. So <laughs> Yikes. That, that makes me think that there's got to be, you know, more strategic depth than I recall from playing as a child where I'm just bouncing the things around left to right and right. hoping for the best outcome. And oh, that yeah, might I guess be a, like a two. That might be a part of the like, when was the last time we played this game? Like we were talking about before. Um, for me, like I mentioned, it was uh, within a video game. Um, before that, it was, you know, when I was very, very young. So part of me wonders, like, I think the old board game closet, uh, which is part of the inspiration of this show, is like just looking in that old closet and seeing all those old games that you kind of never have played again. Um, like, how many of those are worth playing again? And I feel like as an adult now, with like what I now have kind of like as my like game... I don't know, repertoire or whatever word you want to use. Like if I apply that to checkers, like what kind of experience will I get? And I feel like with the potential board states, like Deco was mentioning and the end game potential, it could be like rather puzzly um, in a really interesting and chewy kind of way, which I yeah. would not have expected. Uh, like if you just look, think about this game nostalgically, you're like, Oh, checkers, like it's just checkers. Like, so what? But it's like, well, hold on a minute though. Like, you know, it's actually got a lot that's providing you, um, depending on if you're playing against someone else of equal caliber, um, two, two five-year-old kids playing it, having a great time. I think two 35-year-old like board game czars playing it would also be entertaining as hell to sit down and see, like in terms of the complexity and the strategy and all that stuff that it, they can put into it. I don't know, to, to answer a question you threw out there a little bit earlier, um, I don't know when the last time I played Checkers was. I have right. no clue. I do not yeah. have a checkers board. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I don't have a checkers board. I have a lot of different games, but I have a lot of different games that are kind of even in that same category of mm -hmm. the basic mm -hmm. entry level into what this genre of game is. Like, I have my ancient copy of Trivial Pursuit. I've right. got, um, I have a domino set. I have decks of cards. I have stuff like that. I don't have, right. a, I don't have a checkers board interesting well you can get one for relatively cheap um oh, pretty yeah, much definitely. anywhere like you can i mean it, honestly you can just make it like you can just get 12 things in your house and then like you know draw a piece of paper on a piece of, you know what i mean like you could make one homemade pretty well um getting a nice one i don't know that that's necessarily worth it unless you're like a diehard checkers player or whatever but yeah it's got a lot that it can provide um and it's also easy to teach uh which are definitely two positives for it if we're already looking at like pros and cons um so this um, BGG uh, puts it at a 1.74 uh, in terms of its weight. So that's uh, basically uh, right in between Risk and Monopoly. It uh, edges out Monopoly, uh, which is 1.6, but it's under Risk, which is 2.07. Um, and honestly, like, based, I mean, I've played some games. I don't know if you guys remember, but each corner or each, so each half of the board has uh, sort of like a, a, a break loop. Uh, if you will, with a, a crowned piece where you can just basically move back and forth and never have fear of being jumped. Because, uh, like, that's on both edges because it's in the corner of the board. Uh, yes. So, like, if you're down to one piece, you can just flee to op one of the other corners and just, like, eternally move back and forth, and you can never get jumped uh, unless the person has, like, four pieces or something like that. Like, it's a pretty wild, like, kind of stalemate that you can create for yourself. It's almost similar to, like, 
the pawn and king versus king in game state in check uh, in chess, which oftentimes mm-hmm. yields a stalemate. Um, and like just that very thing and being able to recognize board states and like when you should push for a draw versus like win or loss, whatever. Yeah, I think that pushes that uh, envelope of complexity up quite a bit as opposed to like the Kerplunk 1.01 where you're just pulling things out and dropping them. Um, so let's talk about something uh, that we haven't really talked about yet uh, on the show uh, really at all because we haven't really covered uh, exclusively two-player games uh, except for last week with Guess Who. Um, and this week uh, is like one of the oldest two-player games uh, in existence, right? Um, and there's this thing uh, that Decoy alluded to pr- uh, previously, which is um, hidden information and perfect information. And uh, Checkers is a game of perfect information. And I'm curious um, what you guys think about like games that have perfect versus hidden information, kind of just in general for your own personal taste. And also um, if that makes a game more or less exciting to like play or uh, et cetera, like kind of as you just approach games just in your normal life. Um, Mitch, you have a, uh, anything in mind? I was kind of hoping we could start with you. Yeah, so I think with the, the perfect information type of game, you just have to really know the strategy and be prepared for what your opponent's going to do. You kind of have to run through different scenarios. Well, if I do this, what is that going to force my opponent to do? Right. So it definitely, I think, changes it from something where you're like, I guess who are you just trying to figure stuff out? Mm-hmm. Um, although now that I say that you're kind of <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, now I do this. What's it going to force my opponent to do? So, I mean, <laughs> I, I like, I, I think I like it more in chess than checkers. Mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. because I, I went on a pretty good chess stint for right. a while there during the pandemic, but mm-hmm. I think it makes it more of that. Yeah. Like I, how is this going to affect my opponent knowing that he's going to see exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, and just so, to clarify for our listeners, when we say perfect information, um, it's it's impossible to know the mind of your opponent. So like, while we say checkers is a game of perfect information, you can look at a board state and be like, uh, the, the optimal move is to do, you know, this specific thing, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to do it because you're not playing against like, you know, a, a highly AI'd computer program or whatever. Um, so when we say perfect information, we just mean, um, and whenever a move is made, everybody involved has full knowledge and access of all elements of the game, uh, in every way, shape and form. There's no like hidden cards that only certain players know. There's no deals that can be made behind backs or what, like there's none of that. It's just like what you see is exactly everything that there is as opposed to hidden information, right? Which is, uh, my favorite type of game, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> Decoy, how about you, man? Yeah, so I of of the types of games that I've been on the pod to talk about, uh, I was I was here for Trivial Pursuit, and mm-hmm. that is uh, kind of has its basis in trivia and knowledge, mm-hmm. and then we had Guess Who, which has its basis in uh, hidden information. Right, and, it's like the ultimate hidden information game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Uh, so, and then we get to Checkers, and it's a perfect information game. That's a whole mm-hmm. category of games, mm-hmm. and when I think about perfect information games, the first question I always ask myself is, is this game solved? Right. So I, I, I did not know the answer uh, when, when uh, I heard you're doing checkers. So I looked it up mm-hmm. and man, that's a rabbit hole. 
there's, oh my gosh. there's yep. multiple different definitions for what constitutes a solved game. Mm-hmm. But checkers does fall into the category, depending on how you want to define it. And for the purposes of this podcast, we can make a definition or something that's really easy mm-hmm. or something later. But mm-hmm. yes, the checkers is a solved game in some ways. You can play against a checkers AI and you will always lose practically. Yep. Yep. Um, load it onto your phone like whatever whatever you're you're playing against on your computer uh you play against the checkers ai and you will always lose it's you, crazy yeah yeah so <laughs> what does this mean in the context of playing this casually or even playing this competitively and right. those are actually different questions just because a game is solved does not necessarily mean it's not worth playing that is sometimes the case the simplest example of this is taking it down to almost level zero here, what is the most simple, perfect information game that you guys can think of? Ooh, that is tricky. I feel like it would maybe be checkers, but that depends on, I guess, what we mean when we say game. Yeah. Um, yeah, like off the top, because that's also kind of like the simplest sort of like baseline starting game I can think of. I feel like I would say checkers just because it's in my mind's eye. Probably um, that's that might be arguably the simplest board game. Um, right. Any other thoughts hanging out here? Yeah, Mitch, what do you think? You have uh, a, I, you got to you got to come in and save me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm putting putting you guys on the on the on the hot seat right now. Yeah, I wonder. I'm I'm wondering also like like Connect Four. I'm thinking yeah. of off the uh-huh. top. That's Nailed that's it. a solved one. Yes, um, Connect Four is is solved, and I believe there are less board states or however like decision trees however you define this there right. are less of those in connect four than there are in checkers so it's ah, a little bit simpler right but as i'll get to in a minute um i'll put everyone out of their misery tic-tac-toe <laughs> oh of course oh yep so that Fucking might be tic-tac-toe <laughs> yeah so is that a board game probably mm. not like it's a, right well, it's a paper and pencil game paper and pen mm. game mm-hmm. um so you might be stretching the definition of board game, but that is one that falls in the category of a perfect information game that right. is also solved. The right. thing is that one's not worth playing after you've played it a few times right. because mm-hmm. the decision tree is very, very small as compared to a checkers or a connect four. So that one probably not worth playing more than a few times, unless it's with very small children. Maybe that's the game you introduce the kid to. I feel like I played tic-tac-toe before i played checkers maybe maybe not um so where i'm going back to this is right. uh you could play against an ai or you could play against a person uh in tic-tac-toe and those are the kind of going to be the same thing both of those a person and, a, and an ai can reasonably always force a tie mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. can also like if you make a mistake the other player will always win will always vice right. versa yeah. yeah so in checkers even if you are a grandmaster top level checkers player, the decision tree is big enough that you can still make mistakes. That's fantastic. So <laughs> that is why there's still checkers tournaments, and that's why right. people still play this game a lot. This is why you see this all over the internet. And and I guess that, that makes sense. that begs the question too: like, is it solved then? Right? Yes. And by some definitions it is, because one of those definitions, without getting too far into the weeds here, is can you build an algorithm that'll always win? Right. In short. And yes, you can, mm-hmm. but you can't upload that into someone's brain. Like, <laughs> the decision tree is too big. Right. Uh, people just like in chess will always find themselves in positions where they don't exactly know what to do. They're not sure yeah. what the correct decision is. Um, ah, so in that sense, beautiful. 
this game is still worth playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was sorry? I I've lost. I kind of went on a, off on a tangent. What was your very very original question that I was answering? I like it. Oh, I was just just, um, just my thoughts about checkers. Yeah, uh, about perfect information games versus non perfect yeah, information so, games. Yeah. So for 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 this, I would say tic tac toe not worth playing. No. Checkers worth playing probably. Connect four chess. All the other perfect information games go. Uh, yeah. Othello, yeah, um, Othello all of these and games. Go are ones, yeah, as well. And I think just to, because I've, so Mitch, it sounds like you're more interested in the non-perfect info style. Is that, would that be a fair assessment? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, um, and for me personally, I, like, I grew up playing checkers as a very young age and then, like, some basic card games. And then uh, I learned how to play chess from my parents pretty early, but it was still, like, a rudimentary version and then when I was like 15, I was, or like 14 or something, I was like suddenly like, I want to play chess and like figure it out. I guess my brain was just like ready for the complexity of it. So another perfect information game. Um, and then uh, I was playing like Connect Four and like Percheesy and all of these sort of like rolling dice and moving pieces around style, which is all similarly perfect information games, except there's dice, which leads to not. Um, so I feel like my previous self would probably say that I would prefer a perfect information game just because that's just what I was just exposed to more frequently. Um, but definitely today, if I had a choice, I would choose uh, the opposite. And I don't know if that's just because I'm swinging the other side of the pendulum now as an, like as an adult, or if that's just because of the types of games that are being made now here in 2022, you know, like, I don't know what it is exactly. Um, I can say though, with some certainty that go, I think is my favorite perfect information game. Uh, and spoiler alert, that's coming up in the season finale. What? Um, but anyway, yeah. Which is also the oldest game of all, all time, right? It is indeed. Yep. Even older than Checkers, baby. <laughs> so yeah, Decoy, do you think you prefer one versus the other, or do you have a place in your heart for both equally? I think I am a little bit like you. I did like these types of games until, perfect information games, mm-hmm. until I realized that I'm going to be at an enormous disadvantage playing against people if I don't specifically play this game, whatever this game is. Ah, uh, yeah, because you got to master chess. the game. Right? So the only way to really get better at these games is to like play them a lot and then study mm-hmm. them a lot. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you better at the game, plus maybe how you think about games in general, like learning for the sake of learning, learning how right. to play checkers probably helps you learn how to play other games mm-hmm. but besides that you're just you're just all in on checkers or you're all in on chess if you want right. to be really good and there will and... always be people who have played more than you <laughs> right <laughs> especially if you get into competition yeah um, man some of the go competitive scene people god help like i'm so glad that it exists but like i'm like i'm just i'm not that person and i was interested in like seeking out something like that but I mean, the level of complexity and like mastery that goes into being able to play Go competitively, just to because you mentioned that, I mean, it's it's absurd uh, how like the intelligence level and the like mass sheer volume of hours and mastery that it requires to be that good at a game like that is just like yeah, it's a it's life, it's a lifetime basically. It's like your lifetime, <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> intimidating. It's, it's a little bit. It's, yeah. It's funny you say that on my way, on my drive home today, I was actually listening to a, a golf podcast where they're interviewing a, 
golfer, uh, Sahith Thigala. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, he loves chess. Like in the past three years, has become obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's not golfing, he's playing chess, studying chess, and he's talking about how he was spending hours watching YouTube videos, subscribed to chess channels, talking about his ranking, playing in person versus the computer. So you really do have to have that grind to be the best. And of course, you know, there's yeah. the, the grandmasters who are, are better than him and have played more and studied more. It's a, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe if I was going to recommend, so if we were talking to our alien friends to get back to that bit, um, if, if, if they were like, we love perfect information games and I was going to pick one for them to master over a lifetime, would I pick checkers? I'm now pondering. I feel like personally I wouldn't just because I already told you guys I like go uh, better. It kind of just is more intriguing and interesting to me game design wise. Um, But checkers is definitely in the conversation, I think, uh, which I didn't really expect um, it to be, if I'm being honest. One quick question is go solved. Oh my God. Um, I think the skill or maybe, tree probably... maybe maybe save that for the, the yeah, 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 yeah maybe full we'll podcast the, the spoiler <laughs> alert for the or not the spoiler alert but the the little the the taste we'll leave that as like a little trailer teaser to see you have to wait a full season to find out if Go is solved it ladies and gentlemen sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah this game um, is there anything else you want to say I feel like it's almost ranking time I guess a good question is like when would you see yourself playing checkers that's what i'm trying to think about right now and the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is it feels like it would be like a good brewery game like you know yeah stack of maybe some beat up boxes you see checkers "Ah, i could go for a quick game of checkers over a beer yeah you could definitely have it be yeah like passive passive mindless fun in an area where you don't have to focus hard definitely checkers is one of the games like that yet you can also focus hard if you want that's pretty cool that's versatility like that because not a lot of games have the ability to like completely unfocus and then be like oh yeah i'll just do this and like move on as well as provide somebody some chewy like strategy stuff at the same time that's pretty good yeah i like that it would probably be that that this reminds me similar games uh Way long ago, I was out with some college friends at a bar, and they had this exact same setup. So a few people grabbed, um, you know, Oregon Trail, the card game, and <laughs> yep. uh, a few people there off in the corner doing that. And then some people were playing cornhole. Uh, mm-hmm. They got that set up, mm-hmm. and then there was someone had set up uh, Connect Four, which is sort of Ooh. in this same category. Right, and I remember just like. Do I want to play this? Do I want to play that? Do I want to play Connect Four? Kind of this perfect information, uh, have fun game. Right. And I definitely picked that. And if it was checkers, I would have definitely picked that too. Nice. That's one of the few times in my adult life where I would choose to play that game. Yeah, maybe the setting needs to be that, right? Like you could play with like your young nephew or your young niece or something and like introduce them to board games with this game. And I don't know that there's a lot of like old traditional board games uh, that are going to be better at teaching somebody very young about what board games are than this one. Unless yeah. you, there's one maybe that's like f- uh, an interest of theirs. Like if there's like, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine board game or something and they love that, then like that's then fine, right? Like that would be the answer. But in terms of just like a un- like universally generic board game, I feel like this one is perfect for that. And then other than that, 
it would be like um, we used to always play checkers and now we want to play it again and it's been many years or it would be like you were saying, like at a brewery or something and it's like, oh, this will be fun and it's like a massive set or something like that. Yeah, so one of the few games where you can play with adults and have fun and also play with children and have fun. Maybe. Yeah, that's that's going to help it climb a little bit, I think, uh, on our list here. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't want to play a, a like life-size Monopoly at a brewery, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it's horrible. Like, maybe if it's like really big, like the the board is just the entire floor, and then yeah, you, just have, and have, you have your beer and you just run around. And you're uh, the pond that you have to stand yeah, on pond, Ocean Avenue the whole time and yes. wait your turn. Yes, <laughs> I would do that for about 15 minutes, and then it would get really old and I'd quit. That would be funny. Yeah, I'd go one time around. Um, yeah, I think, and then I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pass go. I'm gonna, uh, I don't know, leave go. <laughs> Um, so let's uh, let's list. So the six games we've uh, covered so far, um, from top to bottom. First, uh, Catan. Then we have Risk. Then Guess Who. Uh, then Kerplunk. Then Monopoly. And last but not least, in the dumpster, Trivial Pursuit. Um, do we want to start at the top and see how low it falls, or start at the bottom and see how low it can climb? That's interesting. I could go either way on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence. Else, I would have suggested one. Ooh, it's interesting. I think if we start at the bottom, I put it over Monopoly. But if we start at the top, at the top, you wouldn't. I think I, I think that's the only way it gets past Monopoly for me. We'll see. Oh, that's I don't so know. Interesting. All right, let's let's, let's go from the let's go from the top. Let's All see right, what happens so, here. Yeah. So is it better than Catan? Oh, this is so interesting. No. So no, if no, if I was be. if I was gonna put it above Catan, let's just let's humor the argument just to see. If we were going to put Checkers over Catan, why would we? Well, it's older, um, so it's arguably like board games had to start somewhere, and this was their start in a lot of ways, uh, or at least a version of their start. Um, so Catan doesn't exist without a lot of things, and Checkers is kind of the one that yielded the rest. So that's, you know, props in terms of historical points. Um, checkers is definitely easier to cover with more people. It's more copies have been sold than Catan. Uh, and it's, it has some strategic depth. You can't argue with that. Catan probably has some more. Although, actually, you know what? Thinking about Catan again, like, and this is probably just my bias of it, like I mentioned in that episode, but when I'm playing that game, the strategic interactions and possibilities in the table I'm playing at is not as good uh, as some of the others, uh, other players probably, I would say. Hmm. I still don't think it's better than Catan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> but I mean, it is. It I, in, in a lot of ways, I like it better than Catan. Is that weird? It's like I like it better, yeah, but I don't want to put another, it at the top. That's another thing. What game would you want to play right now? Catan or Checkers? I'm picking Checkers. Yeah, yeah I think that's what I'm saying, and that's why guess that's why Kerplunk made it over Monopoly. I don't know that we can let like I don't know that I can I could feel comfortable having Checkers be number one over Catan just because of what Catan means for like modern board games versus like sort of ancient uh, yes. board games. But um, and yeah, in a lot of ways I like checkers better, but I don't think it's as good. <laughs> yeah. And we have, <laughs> to give, so weird. we have to give some credit to Catan. Like it, it was a very interesting game and influential. The, and, yeah. It's like, it, yeah. it, it's hard to get to where we are now. If we'd never got a board game like Catan, it would have been That's... another game, but it might not have happened for a little while. Yeah, that's true, so, which means we're maybe behind where we are now or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's that's Catan fair. needed to exist in some form, even if it's not a perfect game, and that counts for a lot. 
it does. Mitch, what are you thinking? Are you thinking it's better? <laughs> I, I think that I probably voiced my opinion on Catan pretty strongly when we played last. It holds a very special place in my heart. It's it like a game that got me into modern board gaming. Right, right. I love Catan. I will go play it today, right now, anytime that you want to. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, checkers is going over for you. <laughs> I would fight for Catan to stay at the top. <laughs> Heard that. Yeah, so I think it's unanimous. So, we'll, it definitely isn't better than Catan. So, the risk is next. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, and Mitch and I talked about this in our Risk episode, in a lot of ways, Risk does what Catan does just for like sort of a different board game audience. And Risk was my Catan. For a lot of people, Catan was their Catan, right? And for me, Risk was that. Um, so I think just from nostalgia for like, for me personally, like, could I put checkers over Catan? Probably not. But would I want to? Yes. For this one, for Risk, I don't want to put it over it, if that makes sense. Just because it means more to me, like Mitch was just saying, for Catan, for him, like Risk means more to me, I think, than Checkers will, despite the fact that I've probably played more Checkers in my life. Yeah, I'm okay with that. You guys are the experts here on that those games. <laughs> I I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I've only played about five games of Catan, maybe four. Like, oh, snap. It, it wasn't really a thing for me until, like, the first time I played it was about... It was recently, I think you said. Yeah, right? like seven or eight years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I played it like yeah. three or four times, and that was it. And this nice. is this had already been after it, my friends had played it a ton, and I just right. like stopped in and we played a game. Right. <laughs> so I don't have any connection to it. And then I played one game of Risk, so uh, I can't yeah. really speak to anything related to that game. But if you say it occupies that same space for you, mm-hmm. I totally believe it. So yeah, and also I would also vote for for that going above checkers as well. Also, to be fair, um, you can't play Risk in uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, but you can play Checkers in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. <laughs> so I mean, you could just buy that video game and play Checkers. Which I mean, if it's gonna be that, like, come on, have some respect, Checkers. Like, what are you, what are you even doing? <laughs> Next on the list is Guess Who. Um, the one that uh, was most recently added to our list, uh, sliding in at number three, the third best. Um, a lot of similarities to this one. They're both perfect information games, and right now the only two, although it's not really... No, I'm sorry, I said that inverted. Um, it's the exact opposite in that it's basically the non-perfect version uh, in terms of the perfect version. So, yeah, this one... Oh, I'm I'm up against... I'm 50-50 on this one. I got to hear what you guys think first. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of 50-50. I'm going to pass oh, the no. ball and think about this for a second. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mitch, you're first then. <laughs> oh, man. I guess, what? well, they're both two-player games. So right. you can only play them both with two people. Mm-hmm. Check, I don't know. I think Checkers has got to be better. It, think about, like, guess who you can't get that variable board state. You've got your same, what is it, 15 people or so? Uh, yes. And unless you're buying different games, changing them out or downloading new stuff. And it's the same thing over and over again. So you very quickly, you're going to know who has glasses, who's got a mustache, who has blonde hair. And like, you can, you could master that game playing it just a couple times. You could solve it faster than you could solve Mm -hmm. checkers. Right. Like in our, in our game, we played in the episode, we had what, four turns or five turns. Yeah. So you, like you said, Mitch, yeah, you can kind of solve it relatively fast, which, Maybe that's a knock for it. So I think the replayability is definitely higher on checkers. They're both very entry level. Mm-hmm. Um, 
don't know. I would think checkers would go above guess who. Yeah, that's actually, you make a good point in the replayability. And we always say, like, would you play it now? Like, is it worth getting now? Is it worth playing now kind of thing? Um, guess who I think definitely is. But is it worth buying a fresh copy to do so? That I'm, the jury's still out for me on that one. But for this game, and maybe we rephrase it to, would you play it now? As would you replay it again? Like, would you play it now and then also replay it? And I think I'd rather play guess who if i had to pick one just because guess who is kind of sillier and a little bit more like funny checkers is a little more like heavy and serious or whatever compared comparatively but if i'm gonna replay one and like play it a lot and sort of like quote unquote master it and for whatever that means for me i would much rather do that with checkers and spend my time doing that with checkers than i would with guess who like almost every time so that maybe also leans me more towards checkers sliding in at number three instead of continuing to fall. Hmm. Decoy, what do you think? You got to change my mind. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to. From a replayability standpoint, checkers is a lot of replayability. Whether you enjoy the actual experience or not is another thing. Right. But uh, as we discussed in the in the Guess Who episode there's kind of dominant strategies that you can use in that game. Mm -hmm. Like you thin the field as much as you can, Quickly, like see right. if you can get in half or at whatever, whatever possible uh, spot you're in turn you're on. And then mm -hmm. you get down to it, hope you get lucky and then guess and hope you get lucky again. Right. That's, yeah. That's the kind chance. of the extent mm -hmm. of how far that game goes, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and I do prefer that style of game, hidden information versus perfect information. Yeah, same. But it's not deep enough. There are a lot mm -hmm. of hidden information games that are much better at that. Mm -hmm. So I think I would pick the perfect information game that has more depth, even if it's a little bit more serious. So I think I would, I think I would go with Checkers too. Yeah, man. All right. So it sounds like we're suddenly so mitch well done you argued well for checkers so well, let's let's can we let's let's play devil's advocate just for a minute and and pretend that mitch had said guess who and done a really good job of arguing for guess who so why do we think guess who does deserve a spot above i think for me i only have one reasonable answer for that so maybe that's enough for me to say why it shouldn't but the aesthetic uh, like the art and we, and one thing about board games, it's much different from like a video game or a movie or something is like the cinematic storytelling, the art, the visuals, the sound, like there's no, none of, none of that. Like there are in video games or in movies or whatever, for this, it's just, you know, you provide that with your own like room that you're in and like area and music or whatever, like you playing checkers in a bar versus at home with your nephew is going to be two very different ambient feelings. Uh, guess who though does provide with a very silly, very fun, very uh, casual, like art design element to it. Uh, that's I think unique. Like I don't know that I've ever seen any other game that is that has those like little cute little emoji faces, uh, like ever. Um, and that you know the fact that it's so unique in that way does kind of stand out to me. Whether or not that means that it goes above, I don't think it does. But it, I mean, it does get, a, I think, a shout out or an honorable mention for like it's like so unique in that way. Yeah. Whereas Checkers is just like boring, like brown and gray. Like it's just, you know, I mean, if you're looking at them visually, like could you be more bored? It's just like black and white pieces, black and white squares, like flat. It's just so, <laughs> it's so utilitarian, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
and I do like utilitarian, but same. Not uh, saying that's bad, but the visual yeah. of it is just like, uh, it's not fun. It doesn't have that art pop. So, so to that point, the best thing I can say about that game is that it's a much easier sell to kids. If you yes. if you showed them and they didn't know what checkers were was and they didn't know what guess who was and you asked which game would you like to play and you set up both of them, I mm. think the kids are going to pick pick the funny guess faces. Who? I think and they are too. Yeah, that's a good enough reason to have that game. If you just if you have a lot of kids around, you have nephews, children, cousins, right. whatever. Uh, yeah, that that might be the game you want to play. Uh, it's going to take kids longer to figure out all the all the deeper strategies that we've kind of worked through already. And right, right. so in that sense, they might get a lot more a lot more plays out of it. Um, and games are supposed to be fun, right? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, yeah, like, Mitch, which one is more fun? Checkers or Guess Who? <laughs> well, to, to continue playing Devil's Advocate for Guess Who, I guess the one other point would be that there's probably a ton of different versions of Guess Who. Versus there is, checkers yeah. Lots of different is characters. checkers. You got squares and the pieces. Yeah, um, you can there's a ton of variants. Them. Like, um, that's next week's episode is going to be um, a variant uh, where it's a star checkers board. Um, some of you may have known it as Chinese checkers before. Uh, which I don't like really that name, but um, it's so be it. Um, but that ver- that's like a sort of a checkers variant. And there's tons of other different like squares, sizes and grid shapes. And there's different like, man, all kinds of countries. It's been around forever. So there's tons of variants and stuff. Um, but yeah, Mitch, to your point, I think the standard like checkers board doesn't add a lot of uh, variants um, in and of itself, right? Like it's pretty perfectly kind of, square and like simple as opposed to the guess who thing add, does add a lot of like oh you can change it up and mix it up and like keep it interesting one other point i think it's just kind of funny how we uh, as part of our like ranking consideration we're like how quickly can we solve this game i think that's right <laughs> competitive <laughs> nature <laughs> i know right we want to solve it uh and, and yeah. guess who beat out monopoly was that it did monopoly yeah monopoly is sitting fifth uh monopoly is getting farther and farther knocked into the dumpster here where and it's going to be again, yeah. So I mean, I, I think I would have fought for Monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, definitely am not fighting for Monopoly. <laughs> Monopoly <laughs> is so like it just creates such a diverse like people hate it or they love it. You know what I mean? Like it's just so interesting. I've, I've I'll still I'll still bring up the story. I've only seen a fist fight in a board game a few times, and one of them was Monopoly. Indeed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. And to so now that Checkers is third, I wonder like. Is there a, a better game that you can flip in anger and then set back up really fast of these? I feel like <laughs> I think checkers might be the only one. <laughs> Although you have to restart the game probably, but I mean setup is what like ten seconds. So yeah, unless yeah, you have right. a perfect memory, you just you just memorize the board as it is and just put all the pieces back. I'm sure the grandmasters in the check checkers tournaments, like you know how in chess they do like the you know bishop to h2 kind of like you can like people who are really smart and really strong at chess, like can play chess in their head mm-hmm. and they can like see the board and the grid and stuff. And they like move the pieces around. I don't think that's something people do in checkers, but I'm sure those grandmasters in those checkers tournaments are like, all right, like, you know, row two checkers piece. I don't even know what would be called row two checkers piece diagonal left. Like, you know what I mean? And they can kind of keep that on their head. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks guys. Um, I think the, the Stern Halma slash Chinese checkers um, double episode. I think we'll just save that as a whole one. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I just spoiler alert for you guys, and this won't make it in probably, but uh, 
I like that game way better than I like regular checkers. So really? <laughs> yeah, personally, yeah, I'm way a bit, a much bigger fan of star checkers than regular checkers. Maybe it's just because I haven't played it a lot, but ah. I didn't like that game at all. Like, oh, I really? It a few times. And yeah, I didn't have a copy of it growing up. I played it a few times with my friends and yeah, that there was like, I don't know. One of my favorite things about it, so there's no player elimination in the same way that with checkers, like you're not trying to capture enemy pieces and like that sort of war feeling where you're like, I'm going to kill your guys. There's, that doesn't happen. Um, instead, it's almost like how in Nemesis in some parts of the game, you try to coordinate with other players until it behooves you to no longer coordinate with them. Um, so in, in uh, Star Checkers, the same thing happens. Like you make a sort of uh, jumpable, you know, uh, path with your own pieces and they can also connect to your opponent's pieces and both of you can just use that path and just like accelerate each other's ability to like get to the other side of the board until it no longer behooves you and it's behooving them only and then you cut the the path and then you race without the other person's help and I've always found that like when to do that and like what kind of combo you can make to make it all the way down to the other person's side just so fun and interesting like as a puzzle as opposed to like i will just kill your pieces like checkers you know style yeah you're bringing back some random memories i, I remember this now like I yeah see yep and you get a third person in there or like another set of two going like also in the middle of the board and it's just like holy shit like it's yeah just, you have to look at it and plan ahead yeah it's it adds a lot more of that like strategic like we were saying that checkers strategic depth can be there but it also on average probably isn't there yeah. And the Star Checkers, oh my god, dude, it's it's got like a complexity rabbit hole you can slide down. Yeah, I think this is the exact reason why I don't like it. <laughs> there's, a certain, there's a certain level of complexity in a perfect information game that I can put up with. And so, yeah, Tic-Tac-Toe, that's fine. Right. Connect 4, that's fine. Right. Checkers, that's fine. Yep. Chess. And then, yeah, this is, chess this is, is a combo. Chess, chess is, okay. is too much. Oh, too much. Okay. Yeah, and chess is, I, I think, mean, so hard. I think Chinese checkers is also too much for me. Ah. Uh, even in the two player game, not like in four or six, which is also, I mean, six player star checkers is freaking madness. Like, that's so much. But yeah, okay. So now I'm just going to have to go go play Chinese checkers a few times to see if, yes. if two player just like breaks my brain and makes yeah. me cry. So, dude, you got to do homework. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. Let's go. <laughs> this sucks. You thought you were done with homework, and now here you are. Yeah, I, I was ready to not do that episode, but... <laughs> no, it's fine. You well, don't have to. Now, you, now you're going to want to, though. Yeah, I kind of do. This sucks. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. Oh, uh, man. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Getting Gamey is produced by me, Mark Overstreet. Music by Pixabay.com. Music